It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Me and you, we need oxygen to survive. Auburn needs to run the football to beat Georgia. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every Friday as we're dapping it up with Daryl Daprich, who is freshly from the dentist. Of course, he is Montgomery radio legend himself. Daryl, I've talked about it throughout the week, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. Auburn has to run the football if they want to pull off the upset of the year. I absolutely agree. I think it has to be one of those situations where they control clock. They have longer drives. They keep their defense fresh. But more than anything else, Zach, running the football allows Auburn's quarterback, whoever that may be, and the struggling passing game to become a game manager, not trying to do too much. It makes them kind of ugly up the football game, per se. It's got to be an ugly game, I think, for Auburn to have a chance. It's got to be one of those games that's kind of like low scoring and special teams can make a difference. If it becomes one of those things where Auburn tries to get in a shootout, it's gonna, it could get very ugly. So on the flip side of that, I want Auburn to ugly the football game up. Run it. <clears throat> Don't make mistakes. If you throw it, safe, short, in- intermediate routes and then let your defense, who's played really, really well, maybe rested in a game, come and try to make some opportunistic plays and turnovers. Yeah, you've got to think that Auburn has been watching the South Carolina tape over and over and over again. When South Carolina had a big lead over Georgia at the half, I believe it was 14-3 to at the half, and then a strong third quarter catapulted Georgia ahead. But when you look at what South Carolina did wrong, I believe. And look, George is very good defensively. This is not me trying to belittle or or step on George's defense and specifically the rush defense in the front seven. It's very good. It's elite. But I've seen a lot of stuff, how they're averaging like 80 yards allowed per game on the ground. But let's let let's 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 be real here. Folks aren't trying to run on Georgia. It's not really happening. Against Georgia, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Spencer Rattler had eight carries, their quarterback, and then everybody else had a combined eight carries. Like that's not a lot. If you take your quarterback out, I mean, your your running backs didn't get a whole lot of action there. That that has to change. That has to change because you need this game to be as short as possible if you're going to pull off this upset. Because Daryl, it's only a matter of time until the Georgia offense does get rolling. Well, when you run the ball effectively, if, if you're able to do that, and let's say you run it you know, 40 times during this football game and you get over 200 yards rushing, let's just throw that number out there. That's To me, that's running the ball effectively. If you do that, not only are you, like we talked about, having sustained drives, keeping your defense off the field, yeah. shortening the game, but what you might be able to do, Zach, is make Georgia's defense adjust and say, crap, Auburn's running the ball on us and they're pretty successful we need to change some things up to keep them from doing that. And yeah. maybe, just maybe, if they adjust, 
and they sell out to stop the run if you're effectively running the football, maybe then you can throw it effectively. Look, it's a tale as old as time. That's why play action was invented. You can get so much more efficient and get guys a lot more open in the secondary if you're running the ball effectively because you, you fake the handoff, people suck up, linebackers come up, and then you have easy throwing in the secondary. That's that's such basic fundamental football. That's why you have a play-action game is because people start to rush upfield to, to stop the run and sell out. If you start to establish the run, you can play action a little bit. You can pull the RPO. Remember early in the season where it looked like Auburn had success, or at least it was open with the RPO slants? Imagine if you're running the football effectively with RPOs and then your quarterback pulls that and you start running 10, 15-yard slants and hitches behind that with Georgia defensive linemen and linebackers coming up to stop the run on the RPO, you might be able to get a little breathing room. You might be able to get a little bit of, of passing going just to keep the defense honest and hit on a play or two. And that's really all you need to do if your defense keeps you in it. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you remember the first storyline that really emerged after Peyton Thorne announced he was coming to Auburn? Because we've gone through several different cycles since then. It seems like it's been forever when it really hasn't been that long. But the first thing everybody said is like, wow, when this guy had Kenneth Walker in the backfield, he was really, really good. Right. Jarquez Hunter can do that. Damari Austin, sadly, you know, he's not going to be able to do it on Saturday, but he could have done it. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb, Brian Batsy, the, the running back support is there for him, even with Austin out for a, for a certain amount of time. And I just don't think we've really seen Auburn really pursue the running game. Like I think that they should have at this point, they came out early, tried to do it against Cal. I think they bailed on it too early. I think they panicked too early. And then once they started getting it going, they just couldn't hold on to the football. They kept fumbling. Damari fumbled. Jarquez fumbled. And it was just a sloppy football game. And Auburn never really had the football, it seems. Texas A&M, they came out because it seemed like they didn't think they could run the football. They tried to pass it. It didn't work. They tried the quarterback run. It didn't work. And then when they started running the football, Daryl, they started moving the football. Like, it's just, I think they've got to do it. I think they've got to do it. The stats say you can't. But I think the stats are a tad misleading. And look, even if Auburn goes out there and they can't run the football against Georgia, I mean, you've got to find a way. You've got to find a way or you're not going to win. Yeah, I want to – the point you make about Kenneth Walker is outstanding because I watched every snap, every snap of that peach bowl, and that was because they were playing Pitt and Kenny Pickett. I will say this, they did look completely different with a – but Kenneth Walker didn't even play in that peach bowl. He sat out because of his his draft eligibility. The thing that I saw, though, in that game that Auburn doesn't have – they may have the running backs, but I'm starting to think Keon Coleman was a big difference maker for for Peyton Thorne as well, the receiver that's at Florida State, because we've seen him emerge from Michigan State to Florida State and be an absolute dynamic playmaker. So there is a fear, Mm -hmm. maybe it's unfounded, or a concern that I have, that not only was he buoyed by a great running back in Walker – he may have had a generational receiver that he was throwing to that helped him. We'll know that down the road if any of these Auburn receivers develop and help him more. And again, he wasn't overthrowing Coleman by 15, 20 yards like he's done at Auburn either. 
So I, I think that there's a balance there, but you're absolutely right. To your first point, he's more effective when he has a good running game because he's less predictable. And then people start to play the run, and that gives him wide open passing lanes. But he's got to take them, and he's got to be patient and trust his reads and that he, the guy is open because no matter how effectively Auburn runs the ball, and if we run the ball effectively tomorrow, if because of running the ball he's got some open receivers, yes. he still needs to hit them, and he still needs to release the football. You period. said it. It's three words. Trust his reads. He's got yes. the arm. He's got the arm. He can make the throws. He just can't hesitate. And Peyton, you've got to deliver. You've got to deliver the football. Did the transfer portal thing work? Did it work? We debate next, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Nutrafol. Nutrafol, look, there's a lot of folks out there that they wish they would have taken better care of their hair. That's just what I've been told. And, and Nutrafol can certainly help you with all of that. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. They've got hair growth supplements that are physician formulated with natural science-backed ingredients, drug-free, patented technology, provides consistent and reliable results without compromising any type of health. So shout out to Nutrafol. I was bald like a week ago. That's a joke. But still, uh, be sure to check out our friends at Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Once again, that is Nutrafol, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Use promo code Locked on college. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Eddie's Cal Zones. Look, there's a chance that Saturday could be bad, but it wouldn't be bad if you ordered from Eddie's Cal Zones. Eddie's Cal Zones, Auburn.com is the place to go if you want food delivered to you, especially late at night. They're open till four in the morning. But look, you wake up and you're hungry before. Uh, before football starts and you're like, oh, it's game day. I don't want to leave my house, but I would like a delicious, decadent calzone. Eddie's Calzones is the place to go. They've also got crispy wings. Also, if you're on campus and you want to walk over to downtown, it's right downtown. It's across from the new Target. You can't miss it. Uh, they've got the coldest, most delicious beer uh, on tap in town. So be sure to check out our friends at Eddie's Calzones. And thank you, Eddie's, to sponsoring this show. Eddie's. Calzones, wings, beer, this delicious. Daryl Daprich, our guest, every single Friday. The transfer portal additions, and we will certainly go into this more during the bye week next week. The transfer portal positions on offense have garnered mixed reviews amongst Auburn fans. And I think we're going to disagree a little bit in this conversation. But I'm going to ask you point blank before I give my opinion bringing in all these offensive players, all these offensive targets via the transfer portal. Did it work? Not yet. It hasn't. Haven't seen the fruits of the labor. Just being honest, I think this group has been disappointing. They've underachieved, and they haven't brought the offense to the level that I was hoping they would. I wasn't expecting unrealistic 
movement or progress. Yeah. But let's just be honest, this offense looks like it's even taken a step back somewhat other than the running game um, from what it was last year. The quarterback position in the transfer portal has underachieved. I think some of the offensive linemen have underachieved. I think the receivers have definitely underachieved. The only two people that I would say have not that I would give passing grades to are Batty and Fairweather. Uh, maybe Gunnar Britton around the offensive line because he has been just bounced around to guard, to tackle. So I just think with penalties in the offensive line, and some of which were, let's just be honest, were questionable holding calls. I hate to be that guy, but they were. False starts, things like that. I, I think that this crop of transfer portal offensive players has underachieved to this point. Yeah, I'm going to push back on the offensive lineman. I'm fine with the receivers. However, I don't think we can know. I don't think we can know if the receivers have underachieved or not because the quarterback has underachieved so far up to this point. Hmm. And I also think the, the the quarterback underachieving and really just holding onto the football is impacting the offensive line as well. I, I think Dylan Wade's fine. Now, did we think Dylan Wade was going to be a first-round draft pick when he came here? I don't, I don't think so, but I think Dylan Wade's been fine. I think Avery Jones at center has been fine. I think Gunnar Brenton's been more than fine. So I, I, I think I disagree with you on the offensive sure. line. Um, I agree with you with Fairweather. I think he certainly lived up to the billing. He needs more targets. I think Brian Bazzi has been great in his small sample size. He, he needs to get, he needs to get, have a bigger role in this offense. You got a feeling, you got to think with, with Damari Austin, not available that Brian Batsy will play more. So we're in agreement there. We're in agreement with the receivers. We're in agreement with the quarterback. I do disagree with you on the offensive line. The receiver situation, first of all, when we say we can't judge them because it's an incomplete because we don't know with the quarterback, it's a chicken or egg scenario. Let yeah. me give you specific things, though, with the transfer receivers that I think we can. We Definitely. know for a fact that they're sometimes running wrong routes. That's been said in press conferences. We know that there's been balls that have hit hooks in the helmet, in the shoulder pad, in the chest, in his hands that Thorne got picked off. It was a terrible throw, too, but it still hit his hands. We know that we've seen – some of that. I don't sure. know if Jair shorter. I mean, what plays has he made? A couple balls he dropped. Maybe it's unfair through four games. Let's look and we'll see what happens. But through four games, it's all I have to base it on the proof of concept thing. That the 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 transfer receivers have had some opportunities to make plays and and look. If you can't even get on the field, this sounds cruel. Sometimes your best available, your best ability is your availability. Nick Martin hadn't even got on the field. Mm -hmm. disappointment. Sorry. I know he hasn't done anything on the field, but that's part of the reason why I think they've underachieved. He can't even get healthy enough to play. I'm yeah. sorry. That's just, that's brutal, but that's where we are in results. Offensive line. Yeah, I get it. Some of those guys have played fairly well, but I also see us not being able to run the ball effectively against Cal. I see penalties in the red zone. I see holding calls and false starts. So I see Peyton Thorne holding on the ball too long. But I also see a lot of plays where he doesn't even have the opportunity to hold on to the ball too long because he gets sacked. I think it's a combination thereof of everything, and all those guys kind of came in together. I, I guess that's my point. And, and I think that's con the concerning part of all this is because it's not just the quarterback. It's not just the play calling. It's not just the O-line. It's not just the receivers. There's a lot. There's a lot in play here. I do think some of the transfer portal additions that were brought in that we aren't talking about are going to provide a lot of value to the future of this program. You know, the 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 Jaden Muskrats, like he'll be a starter next year, I think. 
the Dylan Sendas. I, I think he'll be a starter at some point during his time here. Um, Caleb Burton, who yeah, I that think was is going to be, a, yeah, yeah, who's going to be a backup slot guy this year until you know we'll see what happens. But th those are guys, these younger dudes that weren't necessarily brought in to start right away, but were brought in to essentially be okay. You were a four-star recruit at one time, like we want you. It's just not quite your turn yet. I think those are some of the aspects of the transfer portal that are overlooked, even even you know within you know the Auburn fan base. Like there is some excitement to look forward to with some of these portal guys when you're just talking about the offensive additions. And so if we wanted to go full picture offensive additions, like I still think everything is a net positive, Daryl, because the other side of it is like, okay, we talked about the expectations being what they were, but outside of the quarterback. And hooks and shorter, I think I think everybody else has kind of fit what the expectations were. I mean, how many guys did we expect to come in and save the program? Really just Peyton Thorne. Really just Peyton Thorne. Now, it wasn't really because of Thorne. It was because he was an above-average college quarterback that we thought Hugh Freeze could make better, and that hasn't really happened yet. I think save the program, right. I think that's because the expectations weren't that drastic or that unrealistic. I just wanted to see marked improvement in progress in the offensive rooms at some of these position rooms where they get, these guys came. Yeah. I'm not trying to be unrealistic and say Auburn should be 4-0 and should have hung 40 on A&M. I'm just saying you should throw for more than 65 yards in a couple of football games because your receivers, quarterback, and offensive line, all three – yeah. That's all I'm saying. I just it, wanted it to just, see improvement. It just seems like a group that doesn't have a whole lot of pride in what they're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, and, I, it's got to change. Yeah. And how much is that is on the individual? How much of that is on the of the staff? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Unless you're in those meeting rooms, it's impossible to tell. But I, I get I get the argument. I'm just going to push back on the offensive line more than anything. Sure. And, and I guess, too, my comparisons might be unfair because I'm looking at the other side of the ball. And I'm going a new coordinator and Ron Roberts and a bunch of new transfer portal guys that were needed in the linebacker room and along the defensive front edge, you know, that kind of thing, have come in and contributed. They've done well. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at that and going, if it can be done on that side of the ball, I want to see it done on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, the, my argument against that is, well, there weren't any jacks here anyway. And so, like, Elijah, you know, kind of had a clear path to, to to playing time, which I think he's done fine. At linebacker, Eugene Asante has been the dude. And, you know, Larry yeah. Nixon's coming along. We all kind of expected him to. And McLeod has played well when he's been able to. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's See, true. that's the difference. Like, McLeod's got – I mean, again, I'm not trying to question – I don't know injuries, okay? So, I don't know – it'd be unfair mm -hmm. for me to say – one kid plays with an injury and another kid doesn't. That's totally unfair, so I'm not going to say that. I'm going to judge what's been on the field so far. Right. And I and I could say that, you know, McLeod's been hurt, but he still played through it. And so we've got something on tape to watch and to see yeah. it, when he is there at 80%, the impact he makes. I'd like to see some of that maybe with some of the injured guys on the offensive side of the ball. That's all. Yeah. The cast around the newcomers on defense are so much better, though. It's just so much better. And yeah. yeah, the you know what what Freeze inherited on defense was way better than what Freeze inherited on offense. I don't think there's any debate to that. And so outside of the running back room, it's just it's just kind of a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks for sure. All right, let's play a game coming up. 
little over-under action. And you can play along with us. We'll discuss next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts, I counted them, for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Daryl Dapper. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Our guests on this Friday, we're dapping it up. Let's play a little over under. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list out a player and a stat. You tell me if it's more or less. I'm going to do the same. And hey, I encourage you guys to do the same either in the YouTube comments or in the Locked and Auburn Discord or on Twitter, wherever you want. Let's all get involved here. All right. Peyton Thorne. I've got it set at 55% completion percentage. Over or under? Over, because I think Auburn. Pardon me? Yes. Against against, I think over. I think it's going to be somewhere between 58 to 62. And the reason why is I think they're going to simplify and, and, and pare down the game plan um, to make it sure that it's safe, short. You remember the passes you were talking about? Monday with Lindsay and Tuesday with Charlie Five about some little swing passes, screen passes. Yep. That counts as a completion. Um, you know, that little buck sweep where you toss the ball to somebody and they come running by counts as a completion. I think we're going to see that tomorrow. So I, I would say over. Yeah, I, I hope that's what we see. I don't know if it is what we're going to see. So I'm going to go under for that. Uh, Robbie Ashford. We're going to set the over-under at 10 snaps played mm. against Georgia. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to take the over. I think we see Robbie at quarterback, and I think we see him as part of the game plan early in the game. So I'm going over 10 snaps for Robbie. Me too, and I think it's because we both agree that Auburn's got to run the football tomorrow. I think they're going to try to run the football, and if you're going to run the ball more, yep. and that's your game plan, Robbie's a part of that. So yep. over. Jarquez Hunter, 80 total yards. Hmm. So passing and rushing. Over. He's going to have that combined because I think he's going to get some freaking swing passes out of the backfield on either a wheel route or a swing pass screen. So over. Yeah, I think I'm going to take over too. If he doesn't, Auburn's in trouble. Yeah. Auburn's in trouble tomorrow if, if, if he doesn't hit that. Auburn points, 20, over-under. Does Auburn break 20 tomorrow? Yes, they do. Okay. So they have a better offensive day against Georgia than they did against Texas A&M. 
they do, but I don't necessarily think that you have to get over 20 with just on the offensive side of the ball exclusively. Maybe a special teamers in there, maybe a defensive okay. touchdowns in there could happen, happen against AM. So, yes, you could get to 20, and maybe the defense or special teams contributes to that 20. So, yeah. I'm going over. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Am I booging? Um, I think I'm booging. I don't know why I'm booging. I haven't had anything to book about, but I'm booging. Yeah, I'm going to take the under on that. I don't think Auburn hits 20. But I have seen several people comment on the YouTube comments saying uh, they're calling a Brian Batty kickoff return for a touchdown. And I'm here for that. If that happens, then I think it could happen. So, But Absolutely. right now, I'm, I'm taking the under. Yeah. Uh, all, okay, This we got creative on this last one. We did. Yep. All right. The added total between Auburn sacks and turnovers forced. So how? And we've got it set at four. So what number will that number be higher than four? And I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say mm -hmm. Auburn has uh, that number between Auburn total sacks and Auburn total turnovers forced together will be higher than four. Four is a tough number for me because four is exactly what I think is going to happen. So can I say push? No. I mean, no. Absolutely okay. Not. All right. I'm, I, I've been booging, <laughs> so I'm going to stick with the booging theme, little booging nights, and uh, go over. Go over. Yeah. Let's go. Let's I'm gonna go. go. I'm going to throw it back to the 70s, boog a little bit. Let's boog. Boogie, oogie, oogie, and go five. Yeah. Let's boog. All right. So I guess final thoughts here. I gave my score prediction yesterday. I think I said 27-17 or 28-27-17. Um, that's what I'm going with, Georgia. I'm going 24-20, Georgia. I just think if if there's a chance that – if Auburn has a chance in the fourth quarter during here stadium, anything is possible. True. I, I agree. And I think there's a number – that we'll look back on when we're discussing this Sunday yeah. morning, we're really mm -hmm. Saturday night. We'll say, man, if Auburn just could have got to that number, you know, I there, there's a magic number out there. Trust me. And I'm not talking about an unrealistic magic number. Like, yeah, you got to drop 40 on Georgia. There may be a number between 20 and 27 that we may look back on and say, man, if Auburn just could have got to that number, they could have won that football game. We'll yep. see. I haven't been right about much with their predictions this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and look, I hope we're wrong on this one. I hope Auburn takes yeah. it. And uh, all right, so Daryl, you and I will be back Sunday morning. It'll drop normal time, three o'clock in the night, uh, three uh, three a.m. Central Time on audio, seven a.m. Central Time on YouTube. Daryl, in the meantime, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Follow me at Twitter DAP sixty four ten. You can catch me Monday mornings at seven ten and Tuesday afternoons at three thirty on various shows on the Auburn Network. Yes, read all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you Sunday morning. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.